Well, rumor is, Roberts, the rumor is, is Halloween is over. And I uh, had a little conversation with a personal friend just two days ago, our friend Chip Coffee. And uh, oh yeah, he broke down. He broke down some rules for me, brother. He broke what do he say? Well, no he, politics. No, no. Oh, dude, you know I'm not talking politics with Chip. I love Chip, but I'm not talking Chip, politics. Chip, I love Chip. He's a dear friend. But I will tell you, when he put up some wild, wacky political post. I'd always come in and challenge him. I wasn't being a dick or a troll. I'm his friend. He's my personal friend. So I go, well, what about this? And what about that? And, and how can you say that? And eventually, I think he just unfollowed me. <laughs> well, see, see, to certain people, their opinion is valid. But anybody that counters that opinion is a radical. But anyways, what yes. Chip was saying is that he has rules. And I'm going to abide by his rules. He says, in regards to Christmas trees... If you have a fake Christmas tree, you can legally set up your fake Christmas tree on November 1st. If you have a real Christmas tree, December 1st. So if I'm going off of Chip's theory, bro, I'm just saying, not being, just saying, I can set up my tree right now. Yeah, you've already violated the rules, though. I do. put it up long before Halloween. Oh, dude, I would keep that tree up year round. Oh, there are times we put up a tree and I go, oh. You know what I like to do when the tree is up? I like to light a couple of candles, yep. turn out the lights, let the Christmas lights on. I like to leave them on all night long you because bet. if I got to get up in the middle of the night and get a drink of water or something, I like to shamble out into the living room and just go, oh, this is nice. But, dude, there's something serenitizing to it. See, everybody gets caught up in the holiday thing. We talked about yeah. this last week. We get angry about the holiday thing. But to me, sure. the lighting, um, the dimness of the lights, the candles like you just said, uh, yeah. A little bit of music in the background. You know what? If that brings peace to somebody, man, don't get down their shit because they're feeling all the Maste and shit. You know what I'm saying, bro? What's up? I do know what you're saying exactly. So I was just looking up. Hold on. Yeah. I know where we're going to go here. Uh, what were you looking up? Did it have to do with Christmas? Just just the origins of the meanings of the Christmas tree, oh, the dude, purpose please, of it. Please tell us. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, there's tons of articles on origin of Christmas trees. And stuff like that. But I was wondering if, uh, like, ancient origins had uh, something. And I'm just looking through a whole list. The true origin of Christmas, child sacrifice, Nimrod. Okay, that's not the one I'm looking for. Wait, child sacrifice? (laughs) Yeah, dude, dude, there's a big thing on that. Uh, If you study it a little deeper. Uh, Let's see. Origin of the Christmas tree. This is all about jesuschrist.org that's not the one i want no offense to jesus um why christmas.com origin history of the christmas trees let's just see what this one says yeah let's see bro what's up uh, let's see the evergreen fir 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 tree has traditionally been used to celebrate winter festivals pagan and christian for thousands of years they used branches of it to decorate their homes during the winter solstice as it made them think of spring to come uh, the Romans used fir trees to decorate the temples at the festival of Saturnalia. Christians use it as a sign of everlasting life with God. You see, I never knew that even being a Christian. I didn't know that's why we used an evergreen either. tree. Uh, nobody's really sure when fir trees were first used. Uh, blah, blah, blah. A thousand years ago in Northern Europe. Uh, it's possible the wooden pyramid trees were meant to be paradise trees. Um, the first documented use of a tree at Christmas and the New Year celebrations 
is argued between the site, the uh, the cities of Tallinn and Estonia in Riga, oh. Latvia. Uh, both claim they had the first trees. Tallinn in 1441. No, we had the first tree. And Riga in 1511. No, no, you foolish men. We had the first tree. So both trees were put up by the Brotherhood of Blackheads. Oh, that's so racist, bro. Dude. Uh, which was an association of local unmarried merchants, ship owners, and foreigners in Livonia, what's now Estonia and Latvia. And little is known about either tree. Yeah, there it was. It was a business thing. <laughs> when you think about it, there, it was the, the uh, Brotherhood of Blackheads, which was the association of local unmarried, mer- unmarried merchants, ship owners, and foreigners living in Livonia. And uh, they were all claiming they had the first Christmas tree. Uh, let's see. Little is known about either, uh, the town square, the trees put in the town square were danced around by the brotherhood of blackheads and were then set on fire. Ooh. Oof. Uh, when is your Christmas tree more like a dog when it says, woof, woof. Uh, this is like the custom of you. Have you ever done that? Have you ever lit an old Christmas tree? Remember how all the warnings used to be? Remember the old lights that would heat up? Oh, yeah. They're like, and you were always warned. You got to turn off your lights at night and watch it. Keep that tree well watered. And uh, because you can set your tree on fire and a tree going on fire is like a firebomb. Dude, we did. I tested that once. Yeah. Tell me, bro. We dragged it out. It was when we had the ranch and we dragged it out into the farm, farm compound way out in the open, set the tree down. We had just taken all the decorations off it. So it was. 20 minutes earlier, standing fully decorated in the house. Pull it outside. I took a match. I went, and I tossed it. And it went, and we had about a 20-foot tall fireball shoot into the air. And it took like two minutes for the thing to burn into nothing. Dude, uh, it was like, whoa. We did a demonstration one time where we created a fake living room. Um, And um, for fire stuff. Yeah, for the fire department, for fire safety, so we could show kids. And um, it, it could literally ignite an entire living room in about three minutes. Entire, engulfed. Like, that's what we call engulfed, wow. which means everything in that room is on fire. So it's a full engulf. And, um, yeah, it, it's it's pretty crazy. So we don't do, not so much because the, uh, the the fire concern, but we don't do real trees anymore because we're all about saving the planet and shit here, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the hell was that Rob? he says that's right that's right (laughs) saving the planet one planet at a time no i just um it no we just like fake trees just because um you know they you know when you get the real trees and they start drying out they got to worry about watering the shit and then they all the little thorns or whatever you call them and i love big trees i've had a, a one or two places i've lived over the last 30 years that had the big atrium ceilings in them oh yeah you can get a 12-foot tree, man. Hell yeah, you can. You got to get up on a ladder Hell yeah, to put you stuff do. up. That's the kind of tree I like. Let me um, share a little story with you, Roberts. Share it. So, you know, Lisa does this um, bird fair thing. It's hers. She She's the yeah. promoter of this event. And we have a, I don't know, what do you think? Every three months we do it. And um, yeah. we do it We do it on the east side. You know, nobody, the east side's kind of a rough area, but we do it right off of Wiper Avenue there. And um, we had this guy that came into the bird fair on Saturday and he was a homeless guy. He really didn't know what was going on. And when he walked into the bird fair, everybody was like, Oh, oh my God, a homeless guy who just walked in yeah. here. You know, it, that really pissed me off, bro. It really did. 
Yeah. And um, so, of course, you know, because I pull security duty because that's what I do and shit. You know what I'm saying, bro? I do security at bird fairs. Um, you know, I just went up to him, you know, extended my hand. I just reached yeah. out to him and, and shook his hand and I just started bullshitting with him. And he's, he just asked, you know, what's going on? I started telling him what was going on. Uh, there's a $2 admission to get in. And um, he didn't have the $2. He only had $10. And we he asked me, what's the cheapest bird you guys have here? And I says, well, we have their zebra finches. And this one lady was selling little zebra finches for $10 a bird. And, um, but he didn't have the $2 to get in. And, you know, we, what he wanted to do is he Don't wanted, tell me. Don't tell me. He wanted to buy the zebra finch to let it go. And, oh, um, I thought you were going to say he was going to cook it. No, no. He wanted to buy it to let it go. And he was asking me questions if I thought the bird could survive in this, con- you know, this kind of weather. And, you know, and I talked to the guy for about 10 minutes. You know, no, no, don't, under, don't mistake what I'm trying to say here. Cause I'm not a fool. Sure. Right. Um, you know, this guy's homeless and to be homeless, you got to have street smarts. It means you got to have some con artist in you. I get, I get all that, but it, it stuck with me for a few hours after, um, I sent him on his way respectfully shook his hand and he went sure. on his way. And, um, you know, think about this, man, coming from a homeless guy who only, he had $10 in his pocket, who wanted to buy the bird for $10 just to walk right out that door to release the bird. Wow. Dude, you know, here's well, my that bird, thing. That bird would die in the wild. Well, it, it? Would, it would die 100%. You know, you know, maybe canaries. The thing is, is that all these birds, multiple generations, they, they've never been wild. They, they, you know, whether they have that wild instinct in their body or not, I don't know. But all I know is canaries and finches, and, and they just don't know how to survive out outdoors they right, could probably right. survive a summertime because they're not getting swarmed by if the they weather. were born in the wild i suppose it would be different because then they learn from birth you know how where right. to find food how to find food what are pre- they don't know what predators are they don't know what to be afraid of what not to be afraid of but the fact that this dude wanted to let the bird go it just made me want to talk to him more i'm just like you know what has he been through uh you know how long has he been incarcerated you know what what story did this guy have to where he could have been starving, but yet wanted to spend his last $10 to let a bird go. And, and then I got angry because every single person in that bird fair was all uncomfortable because that guy walked in the door. He was another human yeah. being. And the thing is, just because somebody's homeless or less fortunate doesn't make them any less of a human being than somebody who's all materialistic and this bullshit. Uh, because if you judge him, I'm telling you folks, you're judging me. Because that used to be me. I was that guy. I had nothing, right? And right. Um, it, it just it bothers me. I don't know what bothered me more is the reaction of the people. Um, you know, Rocky. Let me let me go out a limb a limb here and say something that I think about you and why you are this way. Um, I was talking earlier tonight on my own show about spirituality why do we need spirituality and why ought we to instill that in our kids and <clears throat> the spiritual person it doesn't necessarily mean you're a religious person right it means that you are more connected with stuff uh, for lack of a better way to put it on the inside um you see the spiritual significance of going up to a homeless man, uh, to show hospitality to him. Now, I'm not saying that this is the get-go. I'm going to be spiritual today. Oh, there's a homeless guy. Let me go hug him. It's not like that. It's something that 
at some point in your life where you make this conscious decision to say, I'm going to develop spirituality. I'm not sure about religion. I'm not sure about faith or denomination or any of that shit. I need to develop a sense of spirituality. And this is something I look at in you and through all the goofiness we do mm. and the immort- immortality, mm. the immaturity we do, <laughs> which is immortal all on its own. Um, I see in you a person because I know you so well. I see a person who really goes out of his way to establish establish is not the word to nurture a spirituality inside. You got your questions in all kinds of areas, but you say, I need to be a person who is a better person. And one of the points I brought up tonight about teaching your kids is kids who are spiritually taught, taught to be spiritual. I'm not talking church or anything like that. Taught to be spiritual people. One of the points was that they are kids that 80% of those kids who develop spirituality are kids who are more tuned in to the world around them, to people around them, and having a desire to better the world around them without it being something that is a payoff for them. Right. So that's one of the things. And that's something I see in you. You've got this, this, and, and all of us, I only throw this caveat in because all of us, even those of us who strive for that, we're all flawed people. Mm-hmm. We all do shit. We all yell at things. We all get mad and pissy and have attitudes and do stuff. And that's just natural. It's part of who we are. But I think the spiritual person is the one that comes back and says, ah, I got to keep refining that. And uh, I see that in you. And I, I respect that in you. I applaud that in you. I uh, admire that in you. Mm. There. Hey, where's your kilt? <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that, bro. I appreciate it. But, and think about this. Thank you, Scotty. Um, welcome. I almost started crying just now, bro. It's been a rough week. Um, you know, I always believed that if we were going to reference religion and I'm not a religion guy at all, Mm -hmm. but if we are going to reference religion, isn't actions of not judging your neighbor in that aspect, no matter what kind of material clothing they have on or what they drive, isn't that really the teachings of Jesus? Yeah, it is. That's at the core. I think Jesus had a spirituality. No matter what you believe about him, there was a spirituality about the man, no matter how you view him or accept him. Um, uh, was and Mary I think Magdalene? He was the one who basically, he went to all the people that the other people shunned. That's you me. Know? Dude, so. maybe I'm Jesus. Maybe I was Jesus in a past life, bro. And I've wondered about that. I've really sincerely wondered about it. <laughs> I don't think Jesus talked about boobies and buttholes and vaginas like we do. Bro. Yeah, I was so. going to say, uh, yeah, my, you know, I'm Rocky Stucci. My spirituality, one of my, one of the corner points of my uh, cornerstones of my spirituality is you must like buttholes and nipples, you know, so. Well, dude, that was given to us by God. Okay. So as long as they we're, were here, as long as we're like here. pot. Let me, okay, so there's this one guy, his name is Ammon Bundy. Um, you remember him, Scotty, because we talked about him on the show. He yes. had the standoff with the federal government over grazing yep. rights, and then he was up at the Molnar Wildlife Refuge uh, when Lavoie Finnicum was murdered, and so he kind of became right. a name, right? 
Yep. So let me pull this up here because I screenshot it because I was actually a little irritated with him uh, on one of his posts. And I want to get your opinion on this post because this is, was this was his post from yesterday, Sunday. He put, he put uh, being Sunday, here's a religious-related question to ponder upon. In a Christian nation, should Muslims have the same rights as Christians? Now, here's my response, and then I want your response. My response was only an extremist from either side would believe that their God oversees any other God or any other beliefs. Um, I was really angry, Scotty, at this kind of post. Uh, I was bothered, and explain to me why was I so bothered that he would even ask such a question. I think, first of all, I would wrap my answer up to that in the way I would answer him, and I'd say we're not a Christian nation. Uh, we had the founders who were said to be Christian had a form of Christianity. They were, as most of us know, they were mostly deists. Uh, they were the ones who believed that God wound up the clock and set it off on the back bookshelf somewhere to let it go its own way. Uh, they were practical, not just practical, they were innate deists. Um, you had a few Christians in there. So I would say as soon as you start trying to legislate who can and cannot worship in this country on the basis of one form of religion, you have become a theocracy. And we're not a theocracy. Uh, Islamic countries do that already. Uh, can you name some of the Islamic countries that don't allow Christianity? Oh, absolutely. That was my point. Only an extremist yeah. would believe that. And, you know, and here, maybe it bothered me, Scotty, because it was a guy who went up against the federal government because yes. of their overreach. And I always thought that what he was representing, and I still do, was that we deserve equal rights. I believe he was standing for every American citizen when he did this. Maybe that's why it was just a little more shocking to me when I saw now, such a post. Did he make a statement about what he believed, or was he saying, what do you guys believe No, he, I this? think he just wanted to start a conversation. And, and of uh, course, there were people in yeah. there that were... Uh, you know, the whole kill radical, all Muslims yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. Bullshit. I'm so sick of radicals, man. I am just, I am, too. I am just done with that shit. I'm, I'm kind of sick of humans, man. You know what I'm saying, bro? Yeah, I do. And you know, there are some, there are some things about Islam we've got, you have to be careful of. Sure. But of course we are very fortunate to live in a country where we cannot prefer one religion over the other. So, um, while there can be no Islamic theocracy in this country, there can be no Christian theocracy in this country either. Uh, so uh, Jefferson called for a secular government, one that was set apart from religion. We have a secular government that guarantees you the freedom to worship as you choose not to take one of those religions and establish it as a, this is why I, I, I grew to have such a problem with the religious right. Remember, I was a part of that. We were back in the 80s. I worked as the art director of a little print shop and mail order shop, mail or by I me, mean, a mailing shop, uh, the stuff, all the circulars you get in the mail. And uh, our biggest client was the moral majority, Jerry Fowell's group. And of course, we were in Lynchburg, Virginia, where he was focused, centered. And so I was very sunk into that stuff, but I started having problems with that almost right away. And I thought, why, what makes, we don't want to have a Christian government. 
in this country. I don't care how Christian you are. You don't want to have one because you're opening the door for what happens if Christianity gets knocked down a few pegs and Islam comes to the top. Mm -hmm. Why couldn't they be in control of the government then? You can't have a religion that is preferred in the country. Well, you can preach it all you want right, on the right. side. Well, we see, gotta, we see what yeah. happens in other countries where religion dictates their governments, and it is vile and brutal and disgusting and savage, bro. Oh, yeah. by the way, something that I want to cover this week, um, I started watching and reading up on some things in regards to dirty gold, and I have questions, oh. bro. I got questions to our climate change activists and our Hollywood pieces of shit. Um, in regards to, dude, I, I got information about the the distribution and the the Swiss banks and seventy percent of the world's gold, especially from like the Congo and, and different African regions, Peru, all end up in Switzerland and get there illegally. Um, there, there's so much to cover, but I just want to let everybody know that um, we will be covering that this week. And cool. also, we have Teresa, who is going to be on our Wednesday. It'll actually be our Thursday show. But it'll be, for most people, it'll be Wednesday night. Um, so Teresa, who is a good friend of Scotty's, wrote the book uh, about, uh, she's a medium. She's a psychic medium. And she wrote a book. Scotty, explain really quick the book so I don't ruin it. Sure. I wish I had a copy in front of me. It's called uh, What Happens the Day After. And it's about teen suicide. But it's not just your typical book about teen suicide. She's a psychic medium. And the way her story goes, and now, by the way, she had had me edit this book for her. So I read this book word for word at least three times. And I was really moved by her book because her claim as a psychic medium is that kids would come to her teens. I'm talking teens and young people, uh, young adults would come to her uh, psychically, medium wise, and wake her up at night. Uh, talk to her, want to talk to her about their stories, about their suicides. <coughs> and she ended up having a whole bunch of them that she and she took all kinds of notes about their stories and they wanted their stories told. Then she said her angels, the way she describes it, were telling her, compelling her to write this book about teen suicide and what happens to them in the afterlife. Right. And, uh, What's interesting about this, it's highly subjective, only because um, not everybody believes the same things Teresa believes about the afterlife. But she goes into describing this, and the way she puts it, she thought, I didn't know if this I'm supposed to write this because it's supposed to be, you know, a bestseller on the New York Times bestseller list, or because two or three people needed to see it. Right. You never know. And so she wrote the book, and it's out there. And... Uh, I love the things she had to say about it. I, I came out reading that book very moved by some of these stories, and you could you could feel it, which also for me, the way you felt at the funeral yesterday, mm -hmm. like you were led to certain places, I felt that there are certain feelings and things you get off of something because somebody is right there right. telling you, listen to this, read this, this is true, this is about me. Um, and so that's what the book is about. And I think it'll be very interesting to talk to her about this all right brother all right roberts well she is going to be on it'll be the wednesday night show i i don't want to confuse people when i say it's our thursday episode because they're going to listen on thursday right. night and think so it'll be wednesday night uh teresa will be on the program scotty we got about 45 seconds before we got to be out here and then we will right. get to 
the conversation um, that you have sparked on your timeline, brother. And I think it's oh boy. it's good to talk about because we live in this media circus. We live in this this coliseum, this arena of bread and circuses, and it is our job, our duty to try to dissect through the matrix. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Truly the Emotional Meatball, Rocky Stucci, and my partner in crime, the big freaking cannoli, Scotty Roberts, right here on Mojo 5 Radio, Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, iHeartRadio, and broadcasted around the world. Woo, ladies and gentlemen, I am Rusty. Do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Stand by. Stand by. Oh, yes, as Scotty Roberts scratches his back, welcome back to the second segment of the Situation Room with, of course, the big freaking cannoli, Scotty Roberts and myself. How you doing? Folks, thank you all so much for being here. Uh, We are beyond grateful. Before we move forward, I just want to let everybody know about, bam, as you guys can see on the screen, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, streamingtalkradio.com. This is the website, folks. And as you can see right here, Meatball Army gear, official member gear, stupidity can be painful, Meatball Army stickers. You just got to go there, click on those links, or you can go to the Etsy store and get Intrepid Radio stuff. You can get Meatball Army stuff there. Uh, There's no shortage. And, of course, Inspire Nutrition, that is the stem cell food. You can just click on either one of these and get to where you got to go and the fine hosts of uh, this website, Kick-Ass Beef Jerky. Use lowercase meatball for 10% off your orders. And there it is, the uh, Son of a Patriot links. And uh, Verve, there's so much going on here, and there's so much. Uh, we got the Memorial Day. Uh, Scotty, you got to come down with me next spring. I would love to do that. And for the Celebrity Softball Tournament. And uh, just come on down and mingle after-party stuff. We got the Nine Line Foundation. We got Nine Line Carry the Load. Um, stem light, stem light center. Just to let everybody know, I'm no longer using the code word heal. We are not using code word heal. If you contact stemlightcenter.com, just let them know Rocky sent you. That's all you got to do. And if you, if you let them know I sent you, you get a thousand dollars off your stem cell. Nice. No more heal. Just use Rocky and that's it. Now is, is that off of, cause I don't know of any of the products that are worth that much money. So is that like off of the stem cell shot? Yeah, it's or? the stem cell shot. A, a, a typical stem cell shot um, is $5,000. And um, and there's testimonials and, there. And, and worth it from what I hear. 100% worth it. But if you use this, if you just say I sent you, then you get $1,000 off. So it'll cost you $4,000. And uh, now just so people do know, they are located down in Fort Worth, Texas. If you can't get down there, what we can try to do is we can try to get a doctor set up in your area. And have the doctor, your physician, give you the stem cell shot. So just contact them with any questions that you may have. Any questions at all, even if you're not going to get the shot, if you have questions on certain things, do you think this will work for this? Do you think this will work for that? Just ask them. Because these are dear personal friends of ours, mine and Scotty's, and um, they are wonderful, amazing people, and they'll be happy to answer any kind of question that you have. So visit the website, Streaming Talk Radio. Dot com and get your gear, folks. What's up, Sadie? Hey. Hey. 
I don't. Hey. I was going to say something profound. No, that was something profound. with obtuse profundity, but when it didn't you, happen. When you said that, I thought of Happy Days right away. Hey, hey, hey. how you doing? How many of you remember that? Hey, hey. What was the? Uh, what else would he say? Or some of the sayings out of Happy Days. I don't remember. I don't remember, bro. But you know what was kind of neat? I, I was watching with my kids, my little kids. I said, I, Dad doesn't like all these Nickelodeon shows playing 24-7 around here. Let me show you some of the shows I grew up with when I was four and five and seven years old. And so I called up the old Andy Griffith show. Remember that? Oh, Did you ever watch that? Don't offend me, bro. <laughs> I can't whistle. So that's about as good as I get. So uh, they were black and white. And my kids immediately were like, does this come in color? And I'm like, no, it's an old show. Did they really say it like that? Yeah. Does this come in color? This isn't color. This is so old. Is this old like you? I said, I'm in color. I'm not that old. Dude, my boys used to think when they were babies that when I was little, the whole world was black and white. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the question. It was something like that. Was everything black and white when you were color when you were a little boy? There it is. Come on, Roberts. Come on, give me something, bro. I can't do that. <laughs> okay whatever there it is and then we go fishing then we go fishing i liked that show but uh, i liked it uh, but i was going to comment on if you look at ron howard playing opie oh the the young boy in that show yeah. he had to be about what seven or eight years old nine maybe at the most in some of the earliest episodes and uh and then he we watched him grow up to almost a preteen in that show mm-hmm. back in the 60s and the 70s now look at him He's about my age, if not a couple of years older than me. And look at the movie producer he's been he's become, movie producer and director and all of that. And some of the movies he does are just outstanding. So what did he didn't he uh what did he direct? Uh, did he direct a Star Wars movie? What? Was it a Star Wars movie he directed with um it was the first one of the the latest three, the third of the trilogy coming Audrey, out. Audrey now. would know. Audrey would know. She knows this. Audrey would kind of know. What's his name again? Who is that Ron Howard? Okay. He directed movies like. Uh, didn't he direct um, Apollo Eleven or Apollo, whatever that movie was? All kinds of the Green Mile. Remember that? That was one of his movies. Um, He's done a bunch of stuff, and he's still active in doing. You know, he's only in his early sixties. Uh, he did uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. That's it. He That's the a, one he did. He did Pavarotti, A Beautiful Mind, Rush, American Graffiti, The Da Vinci Code, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Inferno, Apollo Thirteen, The Beatles, Eight Days, Something, Angels and Demons. And the, dude, he did some good Cocoon, bro. He did, he did some cocoon. fantastic. Yeah, that was some of his earliest stuff. Now, if you notice, he's got his brother. In almost every movie, if not just for a cameo, for a one-liner somewhere. His brother, um, I've seen him on Louder with Crowder. Uh, he's, he's a conservative guy. But he was the kid 
that do you remember the show gentle ben that came oh, out in the late 60s early that 70s one, gentle ben do it no he was a kid with you know the all the crooked teeth in his mouth the weird kid i can't think of his name off the top of my head uh but he was in like star trek the original star trek um uh, as a character once he's been in just about everything along the years but Ron Howard has him in almost every stinking one of his movies. Oh. I think he does in every one, just as a cameo, just because he wants to do it and it's fun for him. I want to do his brother's it too. movie. Huh? I want to do it too. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? I just want to walk on. That's it. <laughs> I want to be a bad guy gone good. You know what I mean? In a movie. A bad guy gone good. Yeah. Hmm. And then I want to blow shit up and like eat faces and shit, bro. Well, isn't that like Han Solo, the movie? So, have you ever seen the movie Solo? No, dude, I haven't, bro. Dude, what's the matter with you? Dude, I fall a, asleep during that shit, man. What's up? It's a good movie, but it would be better if you knew anything about the actual character that Harrison Ford created. Dude, was it you? So. Who was it? Was it you or Audrey? I was. I started trying to be a team player and shit, so I started trying to watch some of this stuff, but I had questions. It was you. I had all these. You were watching the original Star Trek series. And dude, you were able to know exactly where I was at in each film and who was in each scene. That you said, what the about this thing? Me, with, oh, yeah. Well, that's when he. <laughs> I grew up on that stuff. I saw every one of those 79 episodes at least 100 times. Dude, I was concerned for you when you had all the answers to every question I had. I was concerned for you, bro. What's up? Yeah, he was he was watching the original series in like the first two or three episodes. That's as far as I made Season it, one of the original series. From the 60s, and he'd call me up and he'd go, <laughs> What's this thing he's doing here? And I go, Oh, that's the. <laughs> yeah, what is he wearing, dude? What kind of shit do they wear in space? Yeah. yeah velour shirts. But, dude, I will say, dude was a player. Dude was a player. Oh, Kirk? So, yeah, dude. Dude, yeah. Dude, he got some alien vagina, dude. You should see Eddie Murphy's bit on Captain Kirk. <laughs> Old Eddie Murphy bit. Yeah, back when shit was insults were funny back in those yeah, days. Yeah, you could be funny by being, I don't know, sexist, racist. Still am. It was comedy. All right, so what kind of shit did you start today, Roberts? Oh, boy. All I did was I put up an article, and I, I just said the article was entitled Quid Pro Foe, F-A-U-X, oh. Treaty oh. Invalidates Impeachment. And the subheader for the 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 article was even if Hunter Biden had no clue that he, that this was fishy, even if Burisma did nothing wrong, putting Hunter on Burisma's board was an insurance policy, and it worked like a charm. So, uh, impeaching Donald Trump is legally invalid. Now, this is an article. Let's give him credit here. This came from the Canada Free Press, which you'll notice there's already. Uh, my friend, uh, Michael Zoller, who is on my Facebook, mm -hmm. invalidating the article because it's a questionable source, according to him. And I I get people that, that do that so all the way. Well, this shit. is a questionable or a very biased source. But I ask, are the facts of the story that they're reporting, are those questionable or is it the fact that they put their spin on it? And so it's different. So... Um, these people are just driving me nuts when they talk about their sources and shit. So he's going to come I back know. with you with the freaking CNN or a New York Post source. You know, yeah, sort of, yeah. And, and that's OK. It's great to check out your sources. I, I check out the political bias of a lot of sources out there. Uh, but 
uh, I check out the the bias of CNN. I already know what it is, but the, I've also posted some articles from them saying they got the facts right. Uh, so this article is saying impeaching President Donald Trump is legally invalid. The chief law enforcement officer of the United States of America, um, I almost said America, uh, requested that Ukraine assist our attorney general investigate suspected criminal activity in the 2014 through 2016 cycle. Yet Ukraine already entered the treaty between the United States of America and Ukraine on mutual legal assistance in criminal matters negotiated by President Bill Clinton and ratified by the U.S. Senate in 2000. Uh, You can we and they bring up the point, Rocky, that we quid pro quo all day long. He says, so what Trump asked newly elected uh, Ukrainian president uh, Vladimir Zelensky to do, the Ukraine was already compelled to do by its reciprocal treaty with the United States. Zelensky was elected in April and his party won other seats in June. But conversations with prior officials had been ongoing. A quid pro quo, which literally means one thing in return for another, is an element of bribery and some similar other similar crimes. But anytime you, say, buy a cheeseburger at McDonald's and hand over money to pay for it, that's technically a quid pro quo, Ooh. or you're getting one thing in return for another. Uh, you quid pro Ooh, quo bro. all day long. To be a crime, the exchange of one thing in return for another must be independently illegal, such as contracting for something that one does not have the right to sell. All right. So legally, you can't enter into a quid pro quo for something with someone to do what they were already obligated to do in the first place. I almost threw an effing in there. Dude, in I feel the you, first effing place. So if you pay a buck fifty for a copy of the Washington Post. It's a quid pro quo. But if you have a subscription, they can't charge you for today's newspaper that you already paid for. That would be criminal. So let's say I'm driving 150 miles per hour on Virginia's I-81 highway. I'm pulled over by a state trooper. The trooper tells me, do me a favor, son. Turn off your engine and show me your driver's license and registration. Then I won't have to shoot you. (laughs) So driving over 80 miles per hour is considered a crime, by the way, in Virginia. Okay. So so the quid pro quo there is do me a favor, son, show me your your driver's license and I won't have to kill you. So now Democrats from the United States colluded with corrupt Ukrainian politicians and operatives to try to elect Hillary Clinton. Uh, Am I really doing a trooper a favor when he asks me that? Aren't I already required to show him my driver's license and registration? Saying, do me a favor is just a social nicety, not a legal reality. Let's say my tenant owes me 800 bucks in rent for that basement apartment I, get, I let him lease. Uh, on the first of the month, he owes me 800 bucks. I tell him, do me a favor. Don't forget to pay the rent on the first. Is he really doing me a favor, Rocky? Oh. Uh, or is he doing what he's already obligated to do? Uh, Both Ukraine and the U.S. are obligated to help each other investigate crimes where some evidence, actions, or witnesses might be found in in the other country. Suppose a crime occurred in the USA, but one of the witnesses flew home to Ukraine. Maybe nothing wrong happened there, but the U.S. investigators still need to talk to the witness. 
or perhaps the crime crossed national borders. Maybe parts of a crime were in the U.S., yet parts in the Ukraine. And of course, the treaty works both ways as well. And many are arguing that it's illegal to ask a foreign country to investigate any U.S. citizen. That's just false. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. We have a treaty with the Ukraine that requires us to do that for each other. Was there evidence of illegality justifying Trump's request? That's the big million dollar question, isn't it? And at 1.8 billion of foreign aid allegedly vanished when it passed through Provet Bank. And that's that's just digging into the details. We don't need to get into the minutiae of all of that. But uh, when you start talking about Biden and all the stuff that went on, the quid pro quo used $1 billion in U.S. Treasury funds to force Ukraine to fire its chief prosecutor. How is that acceptable under the terms of that treaty? That's what Joe Biden had the Ukrainian officials do. Fire that guy in, or he would hold back the money. Now, <clears throat> this goes on and on and on and on. So uh, uh, there you see, here's the big question then that's being asked. Uh, and it's something for you all to think about. Is that treaty something that wipes out what the Democrats are calling the illegalities of of uh, what Trump's phone call was all about with, with Ukraine? And I, I just want to take you for two minutes into some of the responses I got in this. Please take us for the ride, bro. I'll so. take you for the ride. I asked the question. Um, I said, I posted this article on my Facebook page, and I said, all I said was, does this treaty we entered with the Ukraine invalidate the Democrats' impeachment claims? That's all I asked, brother. First guy out the chute, one of my liberal friends from the Minnesota Renaissance Festival days, no, it doesn't, was his answer. That was it. No, it doesn't. doesn't invalidate. I said, why not? Tell me more about that. He said, because it's being used for personal gain. I said, that's only a one-sided opinion and or an interpretation. That's what the Democrats are claiming. Uh, The other side claims totally different. So it's kind of he said, she said. Of course. Uh, Why does this treaty not stand? I asked, so why does this treaty not stand in light of that merely being an opinion and or an interpretation? What in the facts and evidence supports your claim? And he responded, not to mention that impeachment is not limited to illegal activities. Now, I didn't see that. So I said, well, certainly not in this current case. The current impeachment is the ninth version since the second day Trump took office. So it has very little to do with legal activities and more to do with the left attempting to delegitimize the presidency of Donald Trump. Remember, again, the first of nine impeachment proposals was presented to the House the second day of Trump's presidency. And Ben Malloy said, oh, there, I just gave his name. There, I've just revealed him. Uh, He responds, it's not opinion. It's directly quoted in the transcript. That's what these proceedings are for. Now, I happen to know it's not quoted in the transcript, so I'm thinking he's just using party lines. And I said, could you cite the precise language in the transcript that supports your claim that it's stated in the transcript? And he said, it's not relevant to the initial post, and you don't really care. You're just trolling me. Oh, so that means he ain't got shit. What's up? That means he ain't got shit. Oh, he does say something further on. He says, this is new since I looked at this. It's irrelevant because impeachment is not limited to illegal activity. 
Last time I checked, blowjobs weren't illegal in D.C., but that's what Clinton was tried for. Only impeached for for lying about it, which is illegal to lie to the Congress. Wait a minute, dude. No, no, that's not what Clinton was impeached That's not why Clinton was impeached. Yeah, dude, that dude can shut up, bro. What's up? And then he said to somebody else who said something uh, positive about this article, he said, if it's all for revenge, we must be really lucky for Trump to be constantly committing impeachable offenses. Do me a favor, Roberts. Yeah. There is some guy who goes by the meatball that commented on that thread. Why don't you tell us what he said? Uh, let's see. That, that uses the name meatball? Oh, 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 I saw the meatball's uh, response here. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? It's there, ben, bro. Ben, it's there. Scott, Ben, Scott, Ben, Justin, Scotty, Ben, Ben. I saw your post earlier. It's not there. It right wasn't now. in the thread that you're reading. It's, uh, I commented underneath that. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, uh, the meatball came in and said it doesn't matter. People will choose whatever information that fits their tribal belief and discard the rest. Feelings over facts. Now get the tissues. Lol. So the reason <laughs> the reason I said it like that, uh, feelings over facts, because. We can sit here and cherry pick shit all we want, Roberts. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and when I say we, I'm I'm, be, I'm generalizing. I, I mean as a society. Yes. And we see people that are so bloodthirsty, they become venomous uh, over the impeachment oh, yeah. of, of, of President Trump that they have become blinded to the exact crimes that they're accusing Trump of that their party actually did. And they are making millions of dollars off of China, the Ukraine, Syria, uh, all these other countries. And they're completely blinded about that. And that's my reference to where people will cherry pick what they want to argue over. And they will completely turn a blind eye towards the actual facts. And that's why I said that feelings over facts. Because people have become that psychotic that they're not willing to look at the entirety. And I'm kind of disappointed in Michael Zeller. Me too. Because, you know, he's a pretty common sense dude, even though we disagree. Um, he, he never gets radical on your shit and he, he tries to have a conversation, yeah. right? So you would expect somebody like him who claims research and, and valuable information. You would think that if he is a man of integrity, he would also call out his own party line. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. And, uh, I'll, I'll be fair to Michael and say, sometimes he does, which is, which is cool. He tries to stay aloof, but he's also incredibly, leftist and liberal progressive sure. underneath it all but dude so. if we investigated every single politician if we looked at every single politician's tax records if we gave freaking drug tests to every single politician the chances are 80 percent of politicians would be out of office because they are doing something criminal and that goes against the best interests of the american people just saying yes i agree and by the way there's a, a good friend of mine who put up another article in a response on this thread uh it was an opinion piece um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this. It's with from through the Los Angeles Times. And uh, the title of the article in the opinion column was, I worked on the Bill Clinton probe. He deserved impeaching. Trump's actions are even worse. And at one point, he says in this article, now get this and everybody listen to this. This is what keeps getting drilled into our heads. Down into the article, he said, Trump's acts in soliciting Ukrainian interference in the political affairs of America are very different. His actions implicate him 
in the personal abuse of presidential authority. That's not personal. There abuse. is the fallacy that is drilled into everybody's heads. Mm-hmm. I don't see anybody stating that on the opposite side as being, well, one way to look at this or our interpretation of this or the Dems interpretation of this for political use is that he was soliciting the Ukrainian interference in political affairs. So doesn't any president. That's not what he was doing. Right. Any sitting president, as of Bill Clinton, because thanks to Bill Clinton is why we have the ability to do this. Any sitting president can ask another country to open an investigation for a criminal for criminal activity. If they believe there's criminal activity, we can ask another country to investigate it. We can do that legally. Yep. We can. And we can even do it. We can do it more so legally because we have that treaty with the Ukrainians that that says we are to do that for each other. There's already a quid pro quo, if you will, in place. And also keep in mind, folks, Trump did not hang any kind of aid on asking that favor. He did not state it. He did not. And within two weeks, it was all released anyway. The Ukrainians hadn't done anything about Joe Biden or Hunter Biden, uh, but the money was released because it was already set to be released at the time of this phone call. And it followed its natural process. So uh, people saying that Trump was asking this for political gain. uh, First of all, my first point would be, I don't think Trump was worried about Joe Biden beating him in the election. So I don't think he had any reason to take him out. Right. Uh, it's just not there, folks. It's not there. It's what they're using to try to convince the American publicly public and accomplishing to do so because the American public doesn't think for itself. They're trying to convince them that this is why it was done. It's just not so. And so there you go. That's my bit for the day. Dude, how have we gotten to that point to where we become selective, selective critical thinkers? Because even people at an academic level are selective critical thinkers, meaning they are going to select the information that supports their ideological views. I know why. Why is that? Tell me. I will tell you, even if I heard, let's say Trump or any other president or somebody I support, if there's a controversy over something, and if I hear news that looks to be damning, let's let's stick to Trump. If I saw news that was damning of Trump, and I'm like, oh my God, why'd he do that? Maybe there's something to this. The first thing I want to do because I support him is say, okay, I got to look into this and find out if this is real or fake, if this is real or an interpretation, if this is real or an opinion, because there's that tribalism. I say, I support the president of the United States. This is the guy I voted for. I'm not going to have egg on my face. If he did something wrong, F him. He's going to go to jail for it. Not my problem. I feel bad that it was my guy elected but it doesn't have any bearing on my ego. This is why I say it's dangerous to treat a politician like a celebrity, bro. Even, That's if, the, right. even if the politician was a celebrity beforehand, uh, once you become a politician, you become a servant of the people. And your job <laughs> is to look out for the best interests of the people. And, and right. you know, Scotty, serious question, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but tell yeah. me one thing the Democrats have done since Donald Trump has become president for Nothing. the American people. Nothing. The Democrats have accomplished absolutely nothing. Now, the Democrats will tell you it's all Mitch McConnell holding everything up in the Senate. Of course they will. Uh, You know what? Uh, He's not in charge of the House. Mm -hmm. What has the House done? Right. Yeah. So there's nothing. I was just giving you the peace sign, bro. Yeah, I I, I caught that. You know what that means in Britain, Great Britain? What? It's the same thing as this. Dude, that's so racist, You got a Great Britain, you go, 
I had a guy, I was driving through Great Britain for two weeks and uh, through England. And uh, I pulled out in traffic. It was heavy traffic. And I'm in traffic. I'm in the right lane and everything. And apparently wasn't going fast enough. And the guy behind me driving, he's sticking his fingers like this. He's going in his windshield at me. And I'm I, like, what? I couldn't take that seriously. I, I went, hey, hey, take a little bit of that Americana. Do it what? He's doing this in his window at me, behind me. I see him in my rearview mirror. It's going like that because I'm going too slow. But there's a thousand people in front of me. So he's doing this at me. I look at him and go, hey. See, that's so much better. There's a little bit of Americana for you, brother. So if you're listening, what Scotty was doing, it's like if you give somebody the peace sign, but you're pointing your fingers down. And I guess that's like the FU. You know what I'm saying? So Scotty had to show us what the real FU looks like. It's like doing a peace symbol and flipping it upside down. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, folks, do not forget you can catch the Big Freaking Cannoli Mondays through Fridays. Mondays through Fridays at 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern. You can catch them on Odyssey Radio, odyssey1.com. You can hear them on iHeartRadio or Spreaker. You can listen to live broadcast there, or you can also catch his podcast on iHeartRadio, Spreaker. And, of course, all of the shows that the Cannoli does with me, you can catch on our podcast page just by going to streamingtalkradio.com. And you can also find the link to his YouTube channel on streamingtalkradio.com strictly by searching for Scotty freaking Roberts. No, Mr. Scotty Roberts on YouTube. A Mr. is all spelled out. So do not forget to catch the big freaking cannoli Mondays through Fridays, 9 o'clock. Go to his YouTube channel because that's where I go. And I go there to hang out because I like to see all of you beautiful people. There's two of you that are kind of ugly, but the rest of you are super beautiful. <laughs> Let's let gentlemen. them fight over that one. Ladies and gentlemen, we love the hell out of you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for bearing with me on this program. Don't forget rule number one. Don't take shit from nobody. Good night, everybody. Live long and prosper, folks.